This is the Formation Lab. Welcome one, welcome all. The boys are back in town on the Formation Lab here with the 101 ESPN Studios. Mayamo Senior Luke, and I'm joined by his Yamo Tim, me Senior Tim Donde Esta. This is going poorly. Uh, I am. Uh, well, where am I? I'm. I'm right here. Who am I? Tim, Tim, we're 24 hours from anywhere that speaks a different language than us. Just roll with me, all right? Such is the Midwest. This is true. This is true. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, we are back. We are both here in person. Yes. Uh, Shenanigans have not been gotten up to this week. Last week, um, I had a family commitment. My uncle had a birthday, so I wanted to celebrate with him. And Luke, Luke, I do believe that you were incarcerated again. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you were having a debate with, with whom again? Uh, I was having a de- debate with, I'm going to drop the facade here, my own voice. Tim goes, like, you did. goes I got this whole, I got this family thing. And I go, well, I can't talk, so it's fine. It's fine. Here, I was trying to keep up with our <laughs> string of just ridiculous things, well, like you I getting arrested for the cannonball look, run. Look, okay, I was not... I, w- I was not denying that I was a part of a cult outside of Dallas, Texas, okay? <laughs> uh, they call themselves... Oh, you almost got that spit take right there. <laughs> I, I did. It took they, a swig of water right at the right time. They call themselves Brands Nikitians uh, oh. after their lovely, lovely Nikita Matsipins. Can, can we pick a fight with 106.5 The Arch here on, on this show? Yes, let's, let's start let's, with office drama, okay? Yeah. So 106.5 The Arch, in all of my time there, I know all of the hosts there. None of them have been into Formula One to my knowledge, and I've let it be known. Everybody kind of knows that I'm the dude who works in racing, right? Which, by the way, this last weekend was the last weekend open at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Uh, rest in spaghetti, hashtag now. Never forgetty, um, and uh, well, we'll be back next year for the record. Anyway, so imagine my surprise when after the USGP, I get back from Dallas and there is a signed picture, and it's literally across the hall from me. So I'm looking like into the window, and uh, I can see it right now. And it's an F1 fan experiences framed like poster, okay? like a painted nice poster that you see yeah. for those classic events that. To their credit, F1 has been really good mm-hmm. about bringing back. And it has the F1 fan experiences thing on it, which means it was part of like a paid kind of experience that you do, right? Like well, one of those VIP treatments that you can get, right? And it's for Haas F1. And it has a painted picture of Nikita Matsupin and Mick Schumacher on it. And and right the- under their heads Is are this- their corresponding signatures. Right. And yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, I I can, I, can we judge? Can we sit here and judge right now? Because I want to judge. I, I need to, yes. This reeks of, uh, I watched Drive to Survive, seasons one, two, and three. This is the first time I've ever been to a Formula One race, and I didn't hear anything bad about Mick Schumacher and Nikita Matsubin and Drive to Survive, and they're the American team. And I think that's how that thought process went down, because if you have the money to do a fan experiences, why are you choosing Haas? I say this as a dude who has a Haas lanyard right here. (laughs) You still have that for reasons that escape my understanding. It's good luck, man. Look, I've had this for as long as I've worked in racing, and I just get get deeper into it every year. So I think it might be something good. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, to each their own. Okay. Um, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But You get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. Um, that is a blight unto God. Yeah, I'm that is thinking what I about feel. sending a you, message to HR. You didn't in any way Google Nikita Mazepin. 
No. Otherwise, you would not have posted that. No, and, anyway. and and not only did you not post it, you put it in the window into 106.5 The Arch, so everybody who passes by in Studio Row sees that. I was gonna say, is this? Would we be accused of being like woke if we go to HR and be like, "Hey, this guy's like a serial uh, assault artist." It would be like uh, it would be like honestly putting up a signed picture of Bill Cosby. I'm I'm willing is it, to, I'm is willing it that to bad? come across in that way just so I don't have to see Nikita Matsupin every time I walk into work. Uh, I, I would mean, too. like yeah. I mean, but but we're gonna get some hate tweets. It's okay. It doesn't really matter who <laughs> you could from tweet them at Nikita Matsupin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but anyway, uh, yeah, dear Hubbard, um, if you get mad at us, just, we're not the ones that hung up the Bill yeah. Cosby esque thing. And if you want to throw a brick into the windows at the uh, 106.5 The Arch office, uh, it's the second one from the left here on Olive Boulevard in St. in Creve Corps uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. Yep. Uh, and if you throw a heavy enough brick, you might be able to knock that painting down. And we did not encourage that. We just said that that is a possibility of an action that you might do. In a hypothetical situation. Exactly. And politicians get out of this stuff all the time, so right. we will too. Absolutely. We're just 100%. as slimy. So- <laughs> are we? Can anybody be that slimy? No, but we are that disappointing. And speaking of disappointments, <laughs> let's talk about the Mexican Grand Prix, everyone. Oh, that was a good oh, one. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, that was good. This, goodness gracious. That, that cannot be said for Mexico. Here's the, here's so, the sad thing here, here, is, is if you went to the US, if you went to the USGP at Coda, Right, you kind of got a, a, a tease of an event that actually ended up like, oh, it's gonna do something, it's gonna do something. But if you watched F one for a while, you know the nature of these cars. You knew they weren't gonna do anything, so it was kind of a lackluster race. It wasn't bad. It was a little lackluster, I'd say. Right, uh, this one is somehow worse than Coda. <laughs> this, so I was sharing with you beforehand. Um, yeah. I was I was ambitious yesterday. You know, I was doing all kinds of stuff. I was, uh, you know, running errands for me and my girlfriend, making sure everything was good, getting, knocking out all the pre-week prep work, all of it. So laundry, cooking, cleaning, um, you know, knocked out the dishes, was setting up, uh, finishing off our home gym in the basement, you know, running stuff to Goodwill. I was crushing it yesterday, but I was starting to feel a little tired. You know, I'm a diabetic. You know, when you start to run out of gas, it hurts. Mm -hmm. So I was needing that, that inner fan to get my, you know, uh, my adrenaline pump. And, you know, I was really excited. I had my uh, computer all set up, had a Bluetooth speaker going. It was loud in that basement. We were ready to go. First lap. Hey, that's not bad. The other 70, Oh, it was that they, bad. It was that bad. I I turned it off. Yeah, I could like I I've only come close to walking out of a movie theater um, two times. One time I actually uh, followed through with it because I was so disgusted. It was for uh, Suicide Squad back in twenty whatever. The original Suicide the original Squad, Suicide not, Squad. The, not the follow up one. Not the follow up one, um, which I haven't seen, but I've heard okay things. Anyway, I, I can't even bring myself to go see it. I just don't care. The name is tainted. It is. And it's for, like, I, I walked out. I have not turned off a Formula One race in five or six years. I turned this you one off. You sat through France 2019. I sat through France. The whole thing. I, I You've watched every I, Sochi GP. <laughs> yes, I've watched everyone. I've bitched at you about the French GP. <laughs> yes. Endlessly. Um, are you F8ing? Nah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let it fly. <laughs> gotcha. I, but, That's not a permission to do it again. No, no, I'm not doing it. But I, you know, I, I let it slip. But, oh, well. But this one was so... This one was... It was processional. <sighs> Mexico is always a bit processional. It's a... It... The, it... 
tickles the cockles of my baseball heart because it goes through a baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. It is privately funded, and I think that's pretty cool. It is a very unique, it's a very fun track that produces usually boring races. I would say this is a fun track to look at. It's a fun track to have races go through. It's a fun track to drive. It is not a fun track to watch a specifically a race on. Right, and... You know, it's kind of like Monaco in that the real race, I guess, is Saturday when you have, yeah. you know, the, the qualifying and Valtteri Bottas pulled one out. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, but but I think it speaks to a larger issue with Formula One, which is these new tracks are awful. And Which is a shame, too, because this is a new track, but it's also an old track. And it, also, and it goes through a baseball stadium. Yeah. Like, come like on. This is, it's this, so cool. Th- if this produced good racing, it should be a signature track in Formula One. And instead, when Mexico goes, I go, okay. Um, it there are You'll notice, too, that I would say the last like super successful addition to the calendar um, in terms of like the new tracks, right? Uh, I would almost argue is Austria. Or Baku. Baku is did what I Baku, would say, yeah. Baku came after, did Baku come after Austria? I think it did. It did. It's yeah. a Tilkadrome. Yeah, um, so... It's pretty good. Baku, Austria, and are those the last good ones? Yeah. I mean, Coda came before all those, but Coda is... Okay. Um, Zandvoort was just definitely disappointing. Yeah. Austria is okay, but I think Austria gets... Austria has that dramatic... Like, has that cool fun factor, but I also think that Austria has a pretty solid history of producing mildly entertaining races. It yeah. doesn't have an, any all-timers, but usually at the end of Austria, you get some fun stuff. You know, and then we had Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, uh, yeah. which I'm actually excited to see I, this year. Weirdly, I am too. Um, and But yeah, it's just, it was a, it's a bummer of a track. It's a, it was a bummer. Bummer of a race. race. Here's an interesting thing. Before we get into the race itself, uh, did you notice that what? it was- At this point, Why? Why? Yeah. Uh, did you notice that it was branded as the Mexico City GP and not the Mexican GP? Because I, I have the theory about that. I kind of liked it. Yeah. I don't know why. So, I just felt like the, the fans there just seemed electric, 370,000. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Uh, but, b- by the way, uh, I love F1 fans, and I, I, I'm one of you. I love you. Uh, 370,000 people at this, this weekend with the power of Formula One, 400,000 at Coda, and it's like... Three day total. So if you bought three tickets and you went to practice qualifying and the race, you counted three times. It's true. But hey, a hundred thousand a day. Hundred thousand a day is not bad. Not no. bad. No, it's not. I have to consider my standards of going to the Indy five hundred for you know a decade at this point. You yes. Uh, where we do that in one day, but you know. <laughs> I'm, I get I'm it. Getting, I'm being Mister Pump my thump my Indy car chest here. Anyway, I get it. I anyway. get it. I do. I have a theory about why it's the Mexico City Grand Prix, because I think that with all of the talk that Liberty Media wants to go into Las Vegas, which I actually have a, a good friend of the show um, who, I mean, was in at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway when Bernie tried to go into Vegas uh, back a while ago in like the mid-90s. Um, he, it, I think Liberty Media is going to eventually drop the blank GP with the exception of like the British GP uh, the Grand Prix of Monaco or yeah, the Grand Prix of Monaco and like some of the historic titles, right? I think eventually we're going to start looking at, um, you know, the Austrian GP. Sure. But there's one other track in Austria and it's not to any other 
you know, standard. I think if they go back to Germany, we're not getting a German GP. We're getting like a Black Forest Grand Prix. Uh, we're going to go to... I would like that. We get the Baku Grand Prix. P.S. I, I've, uh, I do have a friend that lives over in the Black Forest in Germany. That place is stunning. It is. I want to go. You know what the weird thing about the Black Forest is? And I believe... That uh, it's the source of every, like... No, no. So back in like World War, I want to say it was I want to say it was the Nazis who did it, and I hope this doesn't get us demonetized. But I believe that a lot of those trees were chopped down, so much of the Black Forest is replanted. They're not old growth trees; they're new growth trees. The problem is, is that when they planted them, they were the military. They planted them in a grid, so it's this huge, stunning Mm -hmm. forest, and it's when you're in it, it's all in a grid. I want to check it out. At least a lot of places, uh, a, a big swath of it, I think, is. Yeah, that, that That is something I remember learning in German class. Anyway. Here in the fall, uh, my girlfriend and I have been hiking a lot more, so that mm-hmm. sounds awesome. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think that you're going to stop seeing that. I think you're going to see the Grand Prix of Spa, right? You're not going to see the, the French Grand Prix anymore. You're going to see the Grand Prix of uh, Le Castellet. You're going to see the uh, Valencia Grand Prix or the, what is the, what is the area that? Um, Bring back Magni Corps. Yeah, well, you'll see the Magni Corps Grand Prix. I think that's because they want to go into the high-dollar touristy areas. And if you have a Grand Prix of – if you have the U.S. Grand Prix and you have the Miami Grand Prix, one of those is implied to have higher status because it's the Grand Prix of the United States. Right. That makes sense. And I the think, Indy Grand Prix. Right. And that I think sense. they want to attach themselves. Also, if you have the U.S. Grand Prix, right – you're not going to attract that casual person because they'll ask, where is it? Oh, it's in Vegas? As compared to saying, I'm going to the Las Vegas Grand Prix. Las Vegas, Miami, those are bigger names, and they tell you exactly the atmosphere that you're going to get, and you can right. market the Miami atmosphere Correct. that the Miami Grand Prix is going to have. So I think that we're going to start seeing a slow shift out of the, 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 naming. the naming of this country's Grand Prix, which I think kind of hurts uh I, I don't like because i do like the fact that like this is your country's premier event uh yeah and i just don't think i don't know i think it takes away something from like the historical and the entire like the the pinnacle aspect of it right it's like it, do, you, do you get what i'm saying it's like you can't just have no, the I british grand prix it's the london grand prix and exactly. it's like one of these things is implied to be a national level event the other one is just like this city's having a big festival yeah uh, um, I don't think you're wrong, and I think it, I think it will drive tourism. I think um, city governments will be thrilled. Yeah, um, you know, you won't have to worry about being hey, it's the United States Grand Prix. Although they might make an exception for Indy, given its uh, historic cult- status, historic status, its cultural status. You know, it is it is a pilgrimage to go to Indy for sure. It's without the doubt. racing capital of the world. It is. It and and anybody who wants to be like, oh, Silverstone, like, you can fight me on that. Go to Indianapolis, dude. It is insane how racing-centered that city is. It is. Um, and, you know, hey, the Mexico City Grand Prix, you know where it's at. It's right. pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> um, but but it just wasn't good. No, it, I, would, I would like them all to be good. It was not. And I know people are like, Max won. So we saw, we did not see chaos. What What Max did here is why I rooted against Lewis last year. Because that before. was not fun to because no, that wasn't be, fun to watch. You, you knew made, who it was going to be. You knew and who it, it was going to be from lap literally one. Like yep. lap after they made the move, you saw that gap widen, and you're like, "That's it. That's the race." Huh, and he, so I think it's easier to talk about the bigger implications and on the macro level than the micro level. Mm-hmm. Micro level sucks. 
it's it was 70 laps of just pure boredom. Yeah, it was 72 um, laps and one of them, maybe two of them mattered. Exactly. And that was it. You know, you had some you had uh Martin Brundle and uh you know, what's his face whose name it just escapes me right now because it's the end of a Monday, guys. Give me a break. Damon Hill? No. No. Uh the other announcer. Anyway. Uh, lights out and away we go. Um anyway, they're trying to really Crofty. play up Crofty. Dog on it, Crofty. I am so sorry. Anyway. Um he's one of the voices this summer and I love him. Um but it they were trying to play up, oh, the pit strategy and, oh, the tire wear. Look at the AWS. You know, he might run out of tires. He might do this. He might do that. They did none of it. Nothing encapsulated that that you're talking about better than the battle for first graphic coming up and it's literally not, and it's like, battle for first, 14 seconds between the two. And it was battle, it was labeled battle for first, gap 14 seconds. Exactly. So my, I think it would be better for our listeners if we talk about this race in the macro level. I think the bludgeoning we saw, because there's no other way to put that. No. That 14 seconds against a Mercedes. Uh, 16 and a half, by the way. You're you're just massacring them. Yeah. That is a that is a That's country a Mercedes mile. win. That's a Mercedes win. That's a Mercedes style win in a Red Bull. Red Bull is gone. They are off the front. They are not coming back. They have the superior car. They have the superior strategy. Um, they might nip at each other, you know, with like Yuki Sonoda and stuff like that, which I think was the dumbest thing ever mm-hmm. um, because Christian Horner's punching down. I hate that. I hate seeing that. Um, but it's over. The As far as the championship is concerned, I think that it was over as of this weekend. The Mercedes had a little glimmer of hope, but to get a Mercedes power track and show that Mercedes did have some pace in qualifying and then to just get literally walked away from mm-hmm. that's a lot yeah i think yeah i just i think i had that thought right when you saw that first lap move right when i saw lights out away we go here are the two oh boy here's the two mercedes i'm not a mercedes fanboy, but i have made it known that i think it'd be really cool for mercedes to win this year and be have Close every year out. of a decide, defined era of formula one right that'd yeah. be cool um it's a wayne gretzky stat as we've said uh but i just when I saw the two Mercedes pulling away, I was excited because I thought, now, this race might be a, a dull race, but that means that Brazil is going to be crazy. Saudi Arabia, which I'm not excited for the track, but I am a little excited for the fact that you have several very, 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 very high-speed turns and, like, literally, like, two dozen of them and no runoff. I think that could be chaos. Um, I thought that that would make the rest of the season interesting, but... I knew it was over, and I'm willing to just put my chips on the stable and say, like, the season's done. When you saw Max Verstappen swing out into the outside, make it three wide, and he passed them like they were standing still. He, it wasn't yeah. even close. It was not. It wasn't a contest. He just left. Yeah, he just, in the words of Jeremy, or was it, it's Jeremy Clarkson. He just effed off. Yeah, he just. <laughs> it just that, effs off. Yeah, when he's talking about the, the Rimac in yeah. uh, the Grand Tour, that car just effed off. And that's exactly what it did. You know, and I, I'm looking at the rest of the season here. Brazil is a track that I don't care if Mercedes says they they got a chance. They don't. Um, no. We saw Honda Power beat the only them good two thing, years The ago. only good thing is is that, one, it's Brazil, and, two, Brazil tends to have a little bit of chaos to it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, that's it's Mercedes' like, only hope at this point. Yeah. Max has to DNF in at least one of the next few races, maybe two. Yeah. And Lewis has to be flawless. And we saw in Baku, Lewis cannot be flawless. The pressure is too much. And 
you know, when Baku, when he overcooked his breaks. Well, so what's our favorite Dylan quote? Dylan brings it up from the Dark Knight Rises all the time, right? Victory has defeated you. He can't, yep. he can't live. Victory has defeated him, uh, for sure. It's defeated the whole team. The, t- the team does not look like they have the same drive. They make mental mistakes in the pit stops. Because they haven't had to have drive Correct. in years. Yeah, they, they just were in front, and that was that. So I just don't think any of the rest of these tracks are going to be a totally Mercedes-dominated thing and to to the extent that Red Bull is out the back. I think Red Bull ha- and Honda specifically, hats off to their team. Congratulations. Clearly, they won the divorce with McLaren. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was McLaren that was the problem um, because they have produced a magnificent power unit. Yeah. That is just taking that car well up the road. The new regulations definitely hurt Mercedes this year, um, you know, with the with helping the high rake teams. But wow. Yeah, this is this is done. Here's here's something that's insane, too, was up until this race, Mercedes still had a I don't want to say a lockdown, but theoretically a very strong. Uh, like plant on the constructors championship, and that's down to one point now. Right. Uh, So you're not even looking at like a mixed championship anymore. I think Red Bull is going to take that in the next race because I don't see Valtteri Bottas, who was maybe the story of the weekend, uh, doing anything about it. And and I don't really blame Valtteri. Valtteri looked the best he's been since I would say like uh, Australia 2019 when he uh, that wasn't the famous to whom it may concern FU race, but it might as well have been. That right. was a bludgeoning by yeah. Valtteri. Do you remember uh, Beardy Botas in 2019? We were saying, like, he looks like he might have championship caliber in him. Little did we know. But anyway, yeah, that was the best he's looked since then. And then he just, I mean, he, he gets over. Lewis gets in front of him. Then Max just nips him. And then he gets uh, one of the McLarens running into the back of him. And, Danny Rick hit yeah, him. Yeah, Danny Rick hit him. And I don't blame him, but. Just another mental de- destroying. Yeah, I was to say it wasn't anything he did. It was just that's a rough thing to have happen. Yeah, um, you know, having a McLaren up your tailpipe that's not fun. No, and you know, and then he wasn't able to pass him coming out of the pits because it's Mexico, and you know, and then they bungled his pit stop uh, at Mercedes as well, mm-hmm. which is just kind of supremely disappointing. Um, you know, I think Red Bulls. Uh, constant hunger uh, is serving them well right now yeah i just it's because that was that that was a that was a by the book win yeah for them there were they they didn't have to stress on strategy they didn't have to stress on too much no the only thing that stressed them out was getting sergio on the on the podium yeah uh i want to read to you um this tweet uh by one mr graham ray hall uh great great indycar racer if you don't watch long live graham yeah if you don't watch indycar uh, graham ray hall is one of uh one of the current uh greats i mean he's not at that level anymore but uh, he's very much uh a respected driver, and he goes, F1 has mastered reality TV. They've mastered the show, right, the show of a race. Now they genuinely have to improve racing. Today was awful. It has to get better. And I just I want to echo those sentiments, uh, and I wanted to get your impression on it because I think, it, I mean, you have racers calling out other racers being like, yo, dude, come on. I mean, I, I don't – he's right. Yeah, he's right. He, the on-track product is subpar. How many useless laps did we watch? Seventy. Seventy. 
like there was one useful lap and that was it. Yeah. You know, there was no there was no reality, no outcome in which, you know, Lewis was going to overtake uh Max in any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. It just that just was not a thing that was gonna happen. You know, and then we wa it it just subjected us to crummy racing. Yeah. And that's it was a bummer and I turned it off, you know, and I, I told you beforehand, I pulled up old Tour de France races yeah. on youtube how so. how uh so i had this thought too um united states i, I mean t- it teased you right like but i think that both you and i and dylan and anybody who's watched formula one for as long as we have knew that lewis might have run up close to max but he wasn't gonna pass him not in these cars right no i mean and the mercedes isn't designed to follow no so how many la- useless laps have we watched between the United States and Mexico? I I mean, like what? About 120. Somewhere? It's about 50 some odd laps for Coda. 56, yes. Yeah, yeah, so about so 120. 70, 120, 130, something like that. Turkey, uh, we probably watched. I, like, it just seems like you're watching. Turkey was such a bummer because that's a good track. Yeah. It just, it you get what I'm saying. It just seems like we've seen, especially in the last, you know, three races, we've just seen laps tick off. Yeah. And, I mean, the last really consequential race I think we saw was Monza. Uh, yeah, you know, when they parked I, it and DNF'd each other. Yeah, I would say I would say definitely Monza. Uh, Danny Rick and Lando Norris being one two was mm-hmm. huge. Uh, Russia was yeah it was a there's a Lewis win, but I mean it was Lewis in, in Russia and that it, that had that feeling right. I don't can't think of the last time Russia actually slapped right. So right. it just, man, I I feel like we're being too negative here. Like I uh, just I just we're being negative, but I but I think rightly so. I think being fans you should be able to bring criticism. Yeah. So I would think that this is going to be, you know, it's going to be impossible for Lewis to catch up. He's not going to do it. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to the 2021 uh, Formula One world champion, Max Verstappen. Um, <laughs> but I do think that it's a good good avenue to open up some discussions. So, you know, I'm excited for the new regulations next year. I really hope they keep the parity um, because the parity right now is pretty good. Um, Mercedes somehow needs to close the gap. Ferrari's looking like they're making good gains. Ferrari and McLaren legitimately have a great knockdown dragout fight. Exactly. Going on right now. I think we shift our focus to them for the rest of the season because yeah. it's uh, going to be good. Here's but- a, here's a fun one. Number five and number six, Alpine and Alpha Towery tied at 106 points. Congrats. That's going to be no. downfield is going to be interesting to watch, and mm-hmm. I think Abu Dhabi is going to deliver a really good race. I am concerned. Yes. So this weekend is Sao Paulo. Um, in Brazil, it is one of our in, Interlagos. It is on my list of, and we, we should do it's all time great, right? We should do a, a a list like of perfect tracks, like tracks where it's like yeah. every corner is perfect. Every oh. corner is perfect. Perfect. I mean, it's got the Senna S's. Yeah, you know, you have you have some really great. It's at altitude, mm-hmm. so um, you know, engine power is really a little bit different. Yeah. Um, the front, even the even the front stretch is unique, and it's like how unique can a straightaway be? It's like well. You kind of come off of a bank turn coming into yeah. it, and you're climbing up, and then you're climbing up, and you're flattening out, and then you're going down into the S's, which lengthens your braking zone. I'm like, it, it's a unique straight that you have to deal with. Um, and we've had some really amazing moments from mm-hmm. like 2007 when, when, uh, or no, 2008 when Lewis won his championship yep. because Timo Glock lifted. Is that Glock? Is that Glock? Um, um, anyway, but you're you're worried. But I but I'm worried about the following week because it's in Qatar. Yeah. That's going to be hell on the teams. I will tell you right now, not only is it hell on the teams, but having watched MotoGP, having played the game a lot, having, you know, done this, that, or the other, I'm familiar with that track, right? Mm -hmm. 
that track is how do how did they point and shoot like a point and squirt track right like it's a bunch of single apex easy peasy corners linked by half butted straights right half ass yeah. straights it it is one of the least interesting tracks i have ever driven it it doesn't look good and they have to get from brazil which is also, by the way, not in the greatest part of town. No, it no. Is. Sao Paulo is rough, the especially teams, Interlagos. The yeah. teams typically camp in the in the pit street because they've all been held up before yeah. and robbed. So they have to go from there, halfway across the world to the Middle East to Qatar, and reassemble and build the car and make it for a high heat, you know, low altitude, you know, thick air. Mm-hmm. It's they're going through a lot in seven days. If they make it, I'll, my hat will be off. That'll be awesome. It's, it's a feat. They, whoever, uh, you know, organized this, yikes, Liberty Media. This is brutal on the teams. Yeah. Uh, so is there anything else to bring up? I mean, Pierre Gasly had a – here's really. one. Um, uh, Nikita Matsubin, we said this earlier. Nikita Matsubin, uh, we've always known that he has a head on him, which is why I'm looking at his giant forehead in the, across the hallway at the, the F1 equivalent. We need, we need to get the person who had that ex, like that F1 fan experience who got that signed. We need, we should get them on the podcast. Ooh, yes. A, Let's another hope they don't another radio, to show. another radio, radio yes. professional would be like, defend yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's just like sitting here. You're now on trial. Hit him with the big lamp. I will. I will legitimately do that, like as soon as we get up. Anyway, I'll, I'll reach out to anybody. Yeah, I think it doesn't. Neither anyway. here nor there. But, um, but yeah, Nikita Mazepin is quickly for me turning into F1's uh, Santino Ferrucci. Very quickly. I'd almost argue he's worse. He's worse. Oh, he uh, he's a million times worse. But Santino he's Ferrucci that level is annoying, but he doesn't have. I don't Santino think- Ferrucci is annoying, and he's insufferable in that he thinks he's superior to everyone, and he's like, "Well, I was faster here." It's just like, dude, you're talking about Joseph Newgarden. Like, chill. One of the most Mul- exactly one of those drivers of the modern age. Correct. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Also, it's IndyCar. Believe. Also, it's IndyCar. If you were faster at a guy for a race, that does not mean you're a better racer. Correct. It's IndyCar, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like the any given Sunday, you're a little bit better. Yeah. You have an edge. Congrats. <laughs> it's not the greatest. Yeah. Um, Congrats but, on the zero win career, bud. <laughs> but but you know, uh, hearing his interview on Beyond the Grid, which Tom Clarkson does an amazing job mm-hmm. if you haven't done the pleasure of listening to that show you really really should it's so so good um but uh, that was a bad that was a tough interview yeah. for me because he's talking about oh yeah mix it mix okay but you know i'm i'm faster on track it's like dude you're you're going up against a schumacher i saw a headline i saw a headline the other day where he's hoping to get like a call from a better team as one of his quotes and it's like okay first off you're why buying the wor- that team yeah you're first stuck there yeah and first off why in the world do you think it's okay pr to be like i want to call from a better team than the one i'm currently employed by right now which i just implied is inferior to any other team on the grid Right. Which factually is, but that is not what you say to the team in the press. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not. The, it's not good for your current yeah. job. So, and then he had that incident um, lining up for qualification, right? Yeah. And where he's like, he's like, tell Mick to move. He's going too slow. I need past him. 
And that's a negative. And Mick, by the way, is behind like a line of like eight other guys. It's not really Mick's problem, right? Like yeah. <laughs> negative. Are you having a laugh with me? No, Nikita, I'm not having a laugh with you. If you, this is your outlap, if you need to make space, you can make space. And yeah. like, just he's telling him like, it's your outlap, dude. Dude, chill. Yeah. Well, also like, you know, slow the bleep down a little bit, and you'll make some space. Ooh, shocker, right? Uh, and but all that, right? Yeah. And so I can did excuse he shoot his mouth be- off today? Oh, I, well, no, I just can excuse being a bit of a louse if, like, I don't know, you're, you're Kimi Raikkonen. I, not he's a louse, but, like, you're a talented driver, right? I can I can excuse uh, Max Verstappen being as cocky as he is because he's Max, Max Verstappen. Nikita Motspin finished over four, four minutes behind the pace. Three, three laps down, dude. Oh, my God. Four, Four minutes. minutes behind the piece. You're really cooking there, bud. Yeah. Ooh, good one there, Dad. <laughs> Way to go, Nikki. Um, uh, you know, it's, know, it's not even worth us wasting more breath on it. Uh, you know, we see out of the Haas team, Mick Schumacher's doing really great, uh-huh. you know, for what he's given. And he's always a second season bloomer. Yeah. Um, he seems to be a whole lot more humble. So I think. Um, between with the debate that we were having before that we stole from uh, another uh, article that we read, he is definitely Mi- uh, Michael's son, not Rolf's nephew. It seems that way, doesn't um, it? Rolf had a had a had an air of arrogance about him that he definitely didn't because earn. he was a Schumacher, right? Well, yeah. Congrats, dude! Your your cousin your, or your brother? Yeah, your brother. Yeah, your brother. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. he he is the business. Yeah, you are not. You're his brother. Yeah. Anyway, but. You yeah. are the uh, Jason Giambi's brother guy. Who was it, Todd? Was Todd? it Todd Giambi? I don't know. I don't know. Look I, it up, ca- baby people. Cares? Baseball reference, the best who sports cares? website out there. So, Not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I will say that, you know... Yeah, there, there's really not a whole lot else to talk about no. with this week. Which is why I have a very special surprise segment oh. planned right on the other side of this break on the Formation Lab on 101 ESPN. God, give me strength. The Formation Lab. The Formation Lab with Luke and Tim. Welcome back to the Formation Lab from the 101 ESPN studios. Back in person, doing our best Peggy Hill impressions in celebration of the uh, Mexican GP because May Lamo, Luke, and Tim... Don't day esta because you said that's where you are, right? So Tim's don't day esta across from me. <laughs> oh boy! Everybody that watched Dora the Explorer as a kid is cringing. I couldn't help but want like I just want one time to go to the Mexican GP and like meet some American who's there and they're in full Peggy Hill mode of like I'm very much in touch with the locals. <laughs> May, May Lamo Peggy. We got plenty of folks like that in the U.S. right now. If, in case anybody's like, that's not a thing. That is absolutely a thing. You know what's funny is I was on Twitter and is, I saw funny and I saw sad? and I saw some people be like, man, a lot of a lot of Mexicans must have come across the border to watch the USGP. Man, it's and I'm like, dude, Texas is Mexican. It's bleep, dude. Like, well, the, and that the other thing is everybody forgets that you know when the Louisiana Anna Purchase you know happened. You know, Mexicans didn't jump the border. The border jumped them. Yeah. So yeah. they've, they've Dude, been there the whole time. Yeah, t- Texas, man, like, it is not uncommon to run into the widest y'all guy you've ever seen who also speaks conversational Spanish and to go into, like, Subway, which is the, the epitome of, like, white bread American, like, big belt bowl of nothing restaurants, right? Go to a Subway, 
I was in uh, in Ferris, Texas, which is like a literal one road main street town, right? And I was one of about ten people in there, and I was the only dude who spoke any English because there was it was all Spanish being spoken around me, and it's like, dude, Texas is. The, the, like one of the largest Spanish-speaking populations on Earth. Yeah. By behind, you know, in front of several nations, actually behind yeah. some big nations, but in front of several ones. It's like, eh. anyway. So, uh, anyway, so we went from one Spanish race to another. And yes. n- speaking of moving south, my, do you have my, props? My yes, I do. Uh, my good brother Nick. Shout out okay. to him. He moved south to Jacksonville. What's up, Nick? And uh, he was trying to clean out uh, some of his stuff, and he willed you some things. Okay. Uh, so in, I've, I've arranged them in order of what you should look at first, and okay. uh, here you go. Oh my word! So we're looking. Oh my god! I'm so happy, Nick. You are the best. <laughs> so explain what you're looking at here. So what I'm looking at here is uh, driver cards, uh-huh. um, and the first one is honestly mint condition uh, Jensen button from the uh, first year of McLaren Honda, if I'm not terribly mistaken. Yeah, that would be correct. Um, this is from, yeah, probably 26, 2015. Yeah, yeah. first year. Um, and then uh, one Fernando Alonso. Oh, yeah. Also holding their helmets out. Uh, and Jensen, it must be said, looks like he's coy and up to something. <laughs> He's he's got a thing. Uh, Fernando looks like he's about to punch the photographer. <laughs> Fernando's being held hostage. He is being held hostage. Um, ooh, and then the cl- the car itself. Th- that car. This was one of the last years of Ron Dennis's reign. Mm-hmm. Did look sexy. Yeah, it was uh, it was a white black with a little hint of was that red silver. or was, silver? Yeah, yeah, silver. Was is that like an orange or a red on it? I forget. Uh, it's it's more like a. It's not papaya, but it no, is kind of an. It orange-ish. is kind of an orange, but it's gorgeous. Is this what I think it is? Oh, yeah. This, uh, I've pulled up the next card. Uh, I apologize. This is uh, the, is this? No, this is the, he's in a Toro Rosso. Uh, and this is a an actual signed Daniel Kvyat card. The torpedo himself. The torpedo himself. Signed. Nick, what are you doing giving <laughs> this to me? This should be in your stash. What are you doing, man? Um, and then uh, one by his teammate, John Eric Verne. Um, when your father owns a karting track, there's every chance you're going to want to race. But uh, Jev wasn't just a racer. He was a winner starting from his karting debut at the age of four. Today, he wants to be the first Frenchman since 1996 to win a Formula One race. That's pretty cool. It went to Pierre Gasly eventually, yep. but that's really cool. Holy cow. And it's got a picture of both their cars on the back. Huh. That's, that's actually awesome. signed. So, actually signed. So Nick would ha- Nick would like mail like teams and yeah. like like hound them for signed cards, and they would just mail them to him. And Nick would pay for postage, and he found all these, and he's like, Tim would want those. Carry oh on. my God, Nick, you are <laughs> a gentleman and a scholar. This is the driver card of one Daniel Ricardo, also signed. Um, and this is this looks like 2014. The RB10, that, I think that is. It probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is his first year. Look at that doughy little Oh, man. <laughs> he doesn't even look remotely the no, same. No, he does not. He's so young. <laughs> um, and then a card. This looks like the team card. Um, I can't really tell who this is signed by, but I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, I believe that's Red Bull. I believe one of those uh, might be. It's either Vettel or Verstappen, I think, is the signature on there. Holy guacamole. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. That is awesome. Um, this one, 
<laughs> is uh, from Team Lotus. Uh, uh, it does say to Nick on there, so it I'm does sorry. Say for Nick, uh, I might return that to Nick because that's for him. Uh, all the best. Uh, it looks like Grosjean, Maldonado, and whoever their reserve driver was at the time. Um, but that is awesome. <laughs> I lo- the, can I just say real quick, I love those old Lotus oh liveries. They were it, so nice. They're so gorgeous. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, uh, so good. And then uh, one signed by, that is that signed? Yes, I, uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, they're uh, all One by Nico Rosberg from 2014 and the man himself, Lewis. Big Lewis Hamilton. Big Lewis Hamilton. His first year, 2014. Yes, indeed, 2014, car number 44 and car number six. Um, wow. Oh, keep going. That is that I've, is. I've cra- saved keep your going. favorite for last, yes. Oh, did you? They're, <laughs> they're organized in a specific order. <laughs> this is the first year for Carlos Sainz, also signed. Um, looks like uh, had some sticky stuff on it, but Carlos Sainz with Toro Rosso uh, when he first donned his 55. Wow. Back when Toro Rosso was literally just the exact same but slightly more blue exact. scheme for <laughs> Red Bull. Exactly, and they said it was Italian. Uh, <laughs> uh, weak, Max, weak, for, Max Verstappen's, uh, I guess this is his rookie card yeah. that he has signed. It would be. Holy guacamole. Hard to believe it's just been a, it's just a few years since I was running around the paddock when my dad raced F1. Now the tables have turned. Yeah, boy, you're fast. <laughs> wow. And the final one. Oh my God, <laughs> Pierre Gasly Take a look signed at the by Toro Rosso. Uh, the junior team. This is uh, for F two. Yeah, that's his F two card. Oh my God, look at the doughy little boy. He's, <laughs> he's so he hasn't young. Even, he's so young. He hasn't even grown into his jawline yet. No. <laughs> oh my! I'll Pierre- put a picture of these up on my uh, Twitter feed at, at TimSTLF one. These <laughs> are monumental. Nick. I thought you'd like those. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is absolutely epic. Holy cow. (laughs) I'm I'm chuffed to bits. I'm completely speechless. Nick has rendered me. Nick and Luke, you have rendered me speechless. These are gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, these are getting displayed prominently. Yeah. I like some of those. I'm like, man, like, I don't want to be like collector's bits but some of those i'm like dude rookie max verstappen driver card rookie max yes <laughs> junior exactly. team pierre gasly <laughs> exactly oh my god you know lewis carlos nico is on nico? there yeah you mean oh these are so cool yeah uh of that course is fernando alonso didn't sign them but you know oh yeah no i'm just looking at <laughs> It's just cool to have the card. Right, yeah. I mean, and heck, if I ever get to a paddock, I mean, we could technically go next year. Or wait, wait till wait till he runs to 500. We'll get in with the press stuff and be like, please sign this. I've exa- had this for years. Exactly, please. <laughs> and he'll be looking at me like, no, 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 um, Honda. Um, but wow, I am totally speechless. Thank you so much. Holy cow. That was my, that was my secret uh, plan up my sleeve because you're like, there's not a lot to talk about in Mexico. And I'm like, that we'll find something to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you had mentioned that last week. You were like, hey, you know, we got to meet up and get some stuff. But, uh, you know, and and for those who uh, who uh, were following along with my personal storyline, uh, when I got diagnosed back in August with diabetes, uh, Luke and Nick were the first ones to reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the uh, the amount of friendship that I've, I've received from these two is <laughs> tremendous. Holy cow. I'm going to cry. That yeah. is awesome. Oh my gosh. 
Well, on that uh, on that awesome on that, note, I'm gonna. Oh, that I think is it's so cool. Time to wrap. Yes, it is. I've been Luke. I've been Tim, or what's left of him. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week.